0: he finds a man just a human man and this man's name is shy uh he's not shy though uh he kind of laughs off edward's predicament but he does tell him hey don't bathe in that pond uh it's bad for your health and that can mean a bunch of things i immediately go towards cancer because it's magical and that's just the way this shit works
1: magic magic means radiation
2: Um... (laughs) yeah (laughs)
0: Welcome to Casuals of Runeterra, episode 90. I'm your host, Ryan, here with the other host, Hedge.
1: Well, 10 more until we're in the triple digits. We, 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 we've grown so big. We ha- I'm so proud of all of us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud of all of us.
2: Well
1: no, like I mean we, we hit like a hundred episodes a while ago, but Oh yeah, we have as listen, far as our there, numbered episodes.
0: If this is your first episode, there's over eighty hours worth of content for you to catch kind of up on. So not to intimidate <laughs> anybody, uh, but welcome to the Casuals of Rune Terror Podcast.
1: And we are so happy you're here.
0: <laughs> and the first thing we're gonna treat you to is what we treat everyone to. It's housekeeping. It's up top. You can listen to us everywhere. Podcasts can be had. Uh, You can send us an email at podcastcore at gmail.com. Visit us at podcastcore.com for all of our info and then follow us on whatever platform you're using or all the platforms because that would help us with discoverability. So we appreciate the effort if you do so. And then leave a like, a follow, comment, short review, all that stuff. Uh, We appreciate that as well. But the easiest way is word of mouth. That's how we've gotten to this point is to tell one friend to learn to find the special Vestaya for them by listening to the Casuals of Runeterra podcast.
1: Oh, man. Poor Edward thought he had the special one. (laughs) (laughs) He really thought he had it.
0: So leaving off of where we left off on the last episode with Hetch getting in a tizzy, we're going to talk about the Vistaya in general. So this is something we <laughs> want to talk about. I mean, we've talked about Nami. We've talked about all these different creatures. Um, and we want to go deeper, but we never had like, the 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 point to enter. And now we have Ari. I mean, we've had y- Yordles. We'll get there. All right, we did Yordles. Go listen to Yordles. Yeah, no, we have
1: plenty of information on Yordles out there yeah. already, thanks to our episodes like Poppy, Teemo, um, and, uh, um, and Lulu. Yeah. So it's like we, we know a lot about Yordles, but Vastaya we haven't touched on really. Like the yeah. closest we touched on it was in our Star Guardian episodes. And all that we got from that is that they're high schoolers, yeah and they're in love,
0: oh, you mean that ten part we did,
1: and they're gothic, and, <laughs> and like just so emo and just like, oh like i I'd rather die than be without my boyfriend, <laughs> uh, so let's learn about what Vaille is actually like,
0: <laughs> yeah, and we're we're gonna learn with one, and we've made a decision here with this yes. guy's name
1: yes, uh we are going we are going to read from the journal of renowned renowned adventurer and philanthropist, Eduardo Santangelo. <laughs>
0: that's it. We'll never say his name again. <laughs> we'll never
1: say it again. And again, if, if you've been following our show, we make the rules on pronunciation. So that, <laughs> that's it. That's the official pronunciation, and you're all welcome. So this is a
0: pretty lengthy recount of essentially an adventure this guy's going on uh, and writing about, And then kind of, you know, releasing in like book format. And we're going to bounce through it. We have broken up into parts here. So the first part is the Vestia. right? We start by learning that Edward is sailing to the shores of Ionia because he's in search of a cure for what is called uh, doldrums. The Piltovian illness, which essentially is soft boredom of everyday life despite living in the most progressive city in the world, right? Now, we know a lot about Piltover. We've talked a lot about Piltover in many of our episodes. So we get why somebody could get doldrums in that society. It's not the most balanced society despite its progress. Um, But to search for a cure seems more like just an excuse for an adventure. (laughs) Hey,
1: hey, you know, uh, with the both of us going through late-stage capitalism – I get it. Yeah. I, I, I get it. You do what you got to do, Edward.
0: We, we all got it, baby. We all got it. So during this search, he stumbles across the Vistaya, which essentially in this, if you've listened to any type of fantasy lore, read anything, or watched anything, it's a chimera, right? They're basically chimeras in other fantasy lore. And he finds these in some uncharted areas of Ionia, which is one of the first lands, right? So one night... He finds one that's rummaging through his camp looking for food, and so he you know, baits it over a bit with some sweets so he can get a closer look, and he notices this thing has a pointed nose like a cat, but then scales all over its body, similar to a snake, and its body is you know, kind of wonky, And it also possesses inhuman strength. So from the picture that's associated with this in the writings, it looks like a monkey at just first sight, right? And we do know that monkeys tend to have insane strength uh, in the real world as well. So this kind of fits in that chimera-type description. So there's one point where the monkey, you know, after snacking on some stuff and... Uh, edward is serenading it to keep it calm it picks him up not in a malicious way but just to look for more sweets if he's hiding any under his rump uh and then it finishes the snacks it has doesn't find any more puts him down and then runs off into the night
1: i i love this opening as far as for our journey into the vestio because with with us only getting to see like the champions of room terra as the as a it gives it a narrow scope. It's like the Vistayans mm-hmm. are, you know, humanoid, and they very much like have their own societies and stuff. Uh, but we don't really hear much about ones that are more animalistic than they are human. Like, yeah. so this is still very much humanoid, but it is, you know, just he's just hungry. He's just hungry, and it's like, oh, well, you're clearly not going to hurt me, so let me just pick you up and check under you. <laughs> and, all right, I got all the food I could get. So deuces,
0: I'm out. <laughs> Um, so this takes us to part two of this writing where he's like, okay, that's what the Vestaya is, his first encounter of sorts. And now we're at like, what are Vestaya? So Vestaya are defined as not so much a species, but more of an order or a phylum of car- of creature types. Uh, more similar, More similar to each other. And then they have like different tribes and familiar groups that act drastically different. So as Hetch mentioned, there are ones we know that are more human-esque and some that are more closer to just being like general animals you would find in the wild. And during one adventure after this initial encounter, he follows a river and he comes across a group that appeared this time like half otters, half seals. And they're completely different from the snake and cat boys tribe that he saw before because he did follow that uh the earth not a cat boy but that uh monkey looking boy um before and then his tribe chased him away and then took the rest of his snacks so now he's he's like all right i guess i gotta go find more food which leads him on this adventure uh down this river
1: and i like this this is just so funny to me because it's like, uh, if you watched any shows or movies that followed like, explorers, so like, back at the, in like, the 1800s, like, the after colonization, it was like the age of ex- exploration. Mm-hmm. Like, they, Riot definitely did, like, their definitely did all the research on it as far as like okay how do we make this as campy as we can get yeah and this is this is audit where it's just like okay well found another tribe um okay I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna try to like assimilate myself in there and oh god oh god I they have it's Primitive weapons, but they have weapons. <laughs> Run and like I, I just imagine Edward and like in that scene of like Indiana Jones with like <laughs> start the plane, <laughs> just sprinting out of that village with like with these like monkey looking chimeras just like ah! yeah. <laughs> chasing him down. Like it, it, this hits all of, like my favorite notes of like those kinds of movies, just in reading form. So they did a great job setting the scene for me.
0: Exactly. And just to play more into that. So he meets this new group and he immediately goes into interaction mode. So he attempts to give them, you know, some glasses, um, not glasses that you wear, just glass in general as a peace offering, but that's not accepted. So, and they've been totally quiet up to this point. So he does the next logical thing. He begins to do his, I come in peace dance. Right. Next logical thing, which logical is that, like, the nene or raising the root? Like, what is your I come in peace dance? Is, is it the, <laughs> the Macarena?
1: No, no, no. Because he, like, he goes into great details about how important good knees are for this dance. <laughs> <laughs> so it's got to be more along the lines of, like, the nene, nay right? Or... or <laughs> Maybe the charl like maybe the I, Charleston, I like the Charleston. Just like, hey, hey.
2: <laughs> like who who
1: knows at this point? But as I, was, I would kill to see this dance.
0: As the youth say, he's getting sturdy. Oh, shut up!
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so as Edward's getting sturdy with it, they like this. They actually like. Okay, we're digging what he's doing, and they take him in back to like where they where they hang out. And they feed him what he describes as some slightly unraw, not quite fish, which is the greatest name. <laughs> I th- th- this is the best
1: description of like a, a food that you have no idea what it is, <laughs> and just be like, I don't know what they called it, but it was, it was not quite cooked, but it wasn't raw. And it was kind of like fish, but it definitely <laughs> wasn't fish. Like, just like every time you describe it, you just contradict your description <laughs> of it. Oh, perfect. I love it.
0: It would be a good name for like an alternative Midwest band as well. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. We are oh, like starting a 90s, ska Late 90s, early 2000s. Band. We are starting a ska band, Ryan. <laughs> Oh my god. Thanks
0: for coming out. We're unraw not quite fish. Trumpet players. <laughs> it fits with the whole, you know, getting sturdy. So after he makes a fool of himself, the group reveals that they speak English. And this is the greatest part. Because they tell him, like, oh no, no, this whole time we speak your language. We just want to see what you would do. And He's, you know, he's tired now from all the dancing, but he's well-fed, so his stomach's full, and he's like, well, shit, now I can finally ask questions. Because the previous Vistaille, I remember, is more closer to animalistic, so he couldn't really communicate with them, right? Uh, but here, now he has an opportunity. So he learns a lot of information immediately off the bat.
1: And, and it's really it's really funny, Obviously, that you know, it's like he's doing his dances and stuff, and then these guys are just like ignoring him. And then finally, it's like, oh, could you pass the tea? Um, <laughs> so like, it, that's very funny. But I, I, it really does like set like the you know kind of the differences as far as like the approach to adventure, where it's like, okay, well, you know, of course a Piltovian is going to think that they're the most advanced culture on the planet yeah. period so it's like oh there's no way that you can speak my language yeah like you live by a river i live in the greatest city of all time <laughs> but and while these guys are like we don't we've never seen someone like you before so we're just gonna kind of wait it out and see if you're a threat <laughs> and then as soon as he starts twerking and they're like okay and like He starts twerking instead yes. of talking, and these guys are like, well, he's definitely not going to hurt us. All right. <laughs> get him a plate. He's invited to the cookout.
0: <laughs> you know what makes this great? is go to the story in storyinuniverse.leagallegends.com and look at the picture of this cre- of these creatures because the look on the face of the otter is exactly how I expect them looking <laughs> at Edward twerking. It's too good. It all fits just like a nice, neat puzzle.
1: Oh, yeah. The, the, the illustration does fit it perfectly. <laughs>
0: Okay, so we finally learned some information. Let's get back into the guts of things, right? What are Vestayas? That's why we're here. And they're telling him. So he learns that long ago in Ionia, there were a group of humans who fled the Great Void War, which obviously more details are for another episode. We're not going into that here. And then they came into contact with a tribe of intelligent, shape-shifting creatures. The two groups then produced the Vestaya, not as we know it, Um, and how they produce them, we'll get into that later, but (laughs) these offspring then migrated to different regions and adopted diverse forms over time, which we've talked about in the previous Ari episode. So the funny part here is, you know, Edward, he's on a, he's on a streak. He's like, dude, I'm getting all the information for free. This is great. They speak my language. But then he gets kicked out of the otter folk group. A uh, camp, and he gets kicked out because he asked a question regarding the origin of the offsprings, which we all were thinking. And the question was essentially, was it magical or physical? Uh, canonical furries riot, quote unquote.
1: Like it really is such an innocent question if you think about it, just strictly off of gathering knowledge, right? Like yeah. You know, you meet these people, you have no idea how they got there. They start telling this tale of like a group of shapeshifters meeting humans that are running from this war that has just been in legend as far as yeah. you know, and so that it's like, oh well, that's the origin of your people. The shapeshifters are magical. so well, did you did? You know, like that, that's like the, it's such like a natural question. So I, I don't blame him for asking it. I yeah. uh, like, and so for me, it's almost kind of surprising that they would like take such offense to it. Yeah. And it kind of, so it's I, I like the way that they are like that's the the way that the story of these otter folk ends for Edward. Yeah. Is by asking this question because I would have asked the same question, and then like the fact that it ends this way kind of just makes more questions instead of answers. Yeah. Like, why does that piss y'all off so much? <laughs> and, and now I can't ask. And also, y'all made me twerk. <laughs> y'all can at least just tell me if y'all bone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so this takes us to part three, which is titled More Thoughts on Vestaya, Several of Which May Offend the More Conservative Readers. So listen, we oh, yes. offend conservatives all the time on this show. We're not shy about <laughs> it, but this is great. So it picks up where we leave off. We're following the previous event. So Edward is heading in a different direction and he's been, it's been multi months at this time, right? He's on his track and he stumbles across a unique, you know, unique fruits, unique vegetables. He's munching on those. Hopefully he doesn't get poisoned. There's no mention of that happening, but it seems he's a bit reckless in his adventures, kind of in a, in a childlike whimsy. Uh, but then he discovers something very important. He stinks. Uh, he stinks because he has yet to wash his butt in a very long time. So he finds a lake and he begins to take a bath. And that's when Edward encounters something, which awakes something inside of him uh, that would answer our previous question.
1: The, the description of what he sees is some of the best bit of writing that I have read in a long time.
0: Just, you know, read it I, straight. Read it straight. Yeah,
1: so, so uh, he, Edward, Edward is, like, goes to this lake. He starts bathing, and direct quotes here. It was there that I saw the most wondrous thing I had ever seen in my entire life. And will ever see, should I live to be a thousand, (laughs) far more human than any Vestaya I had yet seen, this creature, bathing on the opposite shore, had the ears and tail, parenthesis, tails, of a fox. But she was unclothed, and I shall leave my descriptions vague so as not to offend my younger or more sensitive readers, and otherwise very, very much like a female human. Very,
2: human-like.
1: <laughs> very very human like and very very like
0: i did laugh out loud uh reading I this part i laughed out
1: loud too I
0: yeah this was is laughing. listen riot nails the writing on a lot of this stuff and this nails the thematic uh uh thing that Hetch mentioned as far as it being campy. It's almost like a cartoon of sorts um, that you're following this guy on an adventure for an hour or whatever. So he, you know, he's preparing now because it's Edward. So he has to be extra about it, right? He's a great singer. He loves to twerk. He does all these things. He doesn't have snacks anymore, but he doesn't need those for this. But he's trying to figure out the perfect introduction. And then there's a sound behind him that gets his attention. So he turns away and he turns back and she's gone, and he is pissed. So, like any man in heat, go ahead, hedge.
1: <laughs> like, can you just imagine like the scene and like Ari ends up seeing him, and then like the way that Ari sees it is just like there's this naked dude on the opposite bank just twerking. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like can you imagine? How fuck that would be? Uh, and I and I love this because again, like you know, he. Like, he's pissed now, and, yeah. the, like, the description that he has is leaving me with nothing but questions, the first bars to, oh, my love, my dream, my prospective bedfellow bouncing <laughs> around my head and decidedly embarrassed look on my face. Like, like who, A- Edward, like, these are the things that I need answers to now. <laughs> I want that song. <laughs> I want to know the twerk he did. I want these answers.
0: Is- Is that song Top 40? It's gotta be, right? It's
1: gotta be Piltoven Top 40.
0: (laughs) So he then turns around, he's like, fuck it, goes into the bush to see what's making this noise that screwed him, and he finds a man, just a human man, and this man's name is Shy. Uh, He's not Shy, though, Uh, and he kind of laughs off Edward's predicament, but he does tell him, hey, don't bathe in that pond, uh, it's bad for your health, and that can mean a bunch of things. I immediately go towards cancer because it's magical, and that's just the way this shit works.
1: Magic, magic means radiation. <laughs> um, yeah, but but no, like, uh, and Shy does outright say this, like, because um, uh, like the direct quote here is that uh, Shy chastised me for bathing in the pond, informing me that the pond. And the fox woman, who was sometimes known to bathe there, would be hazardous to my health. So <laughs> Shy knows about Ari. Shy knows about Ari, and Shy knows, yo, bro. No, no, she's trouble, dog. She trouble, dog. She toxic.
0: And we talk, <laughs> listen. And we, if you've listened to our, if you haven't listened to our last episode, you don't understand. But we do. But yeah. once again, he's in heat. It's too late. Yeah,
1: because she was very very female
0: (laughs) (laughs) so then shy's like all right listen this is what i do i'm a merchant and i agree to like lead you back to human civilization uh and answer some of your questions but in exchange i want that cool hat and one thing that's mentioned here which is just an aside is that he mentions the price tag for the hat and by the way We always say, go read all the stuff we talk about, just because the content's well-written. Even if you know all this information, you'll still get something from it. This is the first time, I think, in a lot of episodes where we've talked about an actual currency, which is – he says it was 53 gears for that hat, and that obviously would be in Pilt Piltover. So that's cool to have now in in our knowledge bank.
1: Yeah, like we – I think the the closest that we've ever gotten to like actually touching on any kind of currency is uh, like our Annie story. Yeah. Um. And but like Noxus clearly has like it's a different form of currency, and which you know like the, like any country going mm-hmm. from country to country, the currencies won't be the same. But otherwise, most of the times that we actually talk about any kind of form of trading, it's all been trade and bartering. Yeah. Uh, especially when we talk about like our Yordian and Ionian uh, regions. So yeah. We don't really talk about currency and then well obviously bilge water but it's pirates treasure you like (laughs) like that's that, that there's no economy there that's just that's just survival of the fittest man
0: exactly uh so this takes us to he's like all right cool i'm pissed but i'll get over it so as he's walking with shy he learns some more details so he learns that shy's family for generations have known about and interacted with Ari. Uh, the Vistaya live for thousands of years, and then some live even longer to that than that, to the point where they're basically immortal. And then this was the moment where, you know, Edward learned the official name that we've been using, which is the Vistaya. Previously, he was calling them Phantasmas. And he says later that he went back and kind of redacted that statement to be, you know, cultural culturally sensitive. Because for all of his faults and all of the whimsy he has, he seems like a pretty straightforward dude who just loves adventure. He's basically Ezreal's grandfather or great grandfather or whatever time period this is. But they could definitely make that link, and I would accept it.
1: I would 100% accept that. Absolutely. I, I mean, it's perfect. And if they haven't made that link, they will now. And they will have
2: stolen it from us.
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> mark our words. Just give us our 10%, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna We're going to work hard for this. So it holds up in court. <laughs> so after he learns the official name, after some time with Shai, he starts to notice he has this habit of like sniffing the air as they're walking as if he's some kind of animal. And every so often, you know, that starts to piss him off. So he brings up this question to him where he's like kind of thinking out loud. He's like, if the Vistaya were an amalgamation of humans and ancient ship- shapeshifters, what would happen if that blood were to become extremely diluted over time through reproduction? And that's when Shy shapeshifts into a pig man and he discovers some truffles.
1: I, and I like, I love this because it does kind of like, it also finally answers a question that got him kicked out of the otter thing, Mm -hmm. because he's even asking of like, you know, if the blood's diluted with human blood, what happens? Um, and which is really cool because it's like the magic is clearly strong enough to like override, like, the, you know, being like 18th or 164th, yeah, uh, Vestayan, but uh, like, so th- that's fun, but then it's also funny that it's like, oh man, it's such a big reveal, right? Um, go read this story so you can see the illustrations because Edward <laughs> is clearly a great artist and he captures the images of these yeah. people very well. Um, there's no way that you look at Shy and be like, yeah, he's human. I, I don't know what i don't know what edward was looking at and he clearly was looking because he got like a lot of these details right that ain't human that's dying don't that's don't lie man. to me that's a,
0: like come on edward i love edward. i love his shock when he sees him shapeshift and he's like, wait. And I just imagine Shy popping a truffle in his mouth and looking back over, Is like, hmm, what would happen? And just keep walking. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, he, he kind of goes inside himself. He's like, listen, it's a weird experience. But in you know a couple of months time since I've been here, I've been hitting discovery after discovery. I've met three completely different types of Vestaya, and the scholar side of him just loves that shit, right? He can't wait to go back and write about it, draw about it, et cetera. But then he considers himself unlucky because he went from meeting what he describes as a voluptuous fox woman to a transforming big man.
1: And with his luck, the next Vestaya he'll meet will be part cockroach. (laughs) (laughs) I, I don't even have to chime in there. Just let the let the story speak for itself. It's, it's so funny.
0: They need to make him a card. He needs to be, like, the adventurer of Riot that they... Because he's oh so well-written. He's so likable. And these characters, like, every fantasy needs one of these guys.
1: Yeah, I, I would love to see him as a card. And, like, I, th- that could be the card that could have, like, a really dumb effect. Kind of like the catastrophe. Yeah. Of just, like, of, like, okay, the... It, it has some weird mini game, and it, the outcome of if you win that mini game isn't even that good. And, yeah. But I would play it; like <laughs> that, that would be so much fun to have a card like that. Because I, I mean, I play Catastrophe.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you know, it's transforming Pigman would be the Midwest band we make after slightly unraw, not quite Fish breaks up, <laughs> 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 because that's the natural trajectory of every Midwestern band.
1: <laughs> I hate how accurate that is. <laughs> I'm so angry at the accuracy.
0: <laughs> so, this takes us into part four. So, the conclusion, we're going to wrap this up. And it's called The Conclusion. It's called A Conclusion, wherein I leave room for the follow up chronicles upon the inevitable public demand for this, is the rest of his notes here. And we start off with him, Kai, kind of talking about he spent several months trying to collect as much information as possible because he wanted to create a complete guide for Ionia and Vistayas in that space. But he puts a bookmark in it. He puts a bookmark in it because he has more adventures he wants to go on outside of Ionia, right? And begin looking for other creatures. So he goes through a list of the horrifying weapons known as Darkens, Wink wink nod nod, that's another episode. Uh, the Can't corrupting wait. creatures of the void. Wink wink nod nod. Alas, another episode. We're not done. And then finally, the elusive fake creatures of legend, the Yordles. We've done it already. There's plenty of it. Go listen to that.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, we're not going back. All right. Like, <laughs> yeah. go, go listen to those episodes, and you will not, and then once you listen to that, you'll be like, oh. Oh, Hetch has always been like this. Yes, Hetch has
0: always been like this. <laughs>
1: We're not going back to Yordles.
0: <laughs> he's always been a bigot? Oh, shit. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, uh, like, in before we actually do a canon episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we
0: have more Yordles coming, so keep an eye out for that. And then we have an acceler, right? There's so many more different types of creatures, which obviously we are dying to talk about, but there's only so much time in the day. So he says, you know, hopefully some other... Uh, journalists and adventurers can take what I have and add on to it. That's usually how that knowledge base works, right? And he still believes though, that he's the guy. He's the man to do this, and he's responsible for digging into all of these mysteries, and he's glad to do it. Uh, And then we go into some editor's notes, which, okay, this part is just icing on the cake, because this has already been fun. (laughs)
1: Like, like we've already like the story is so great up to this point, and yeah. oh man, I did not know how much I needed this <laughs> at the end of it. I did not know how much I needed it until I was reading it, and I was like, "This is perfect."
0: So I'm just gonna read it because it's that good. Yeah, perfect, perfect. So, editor's notes. Only two weeks after submitting this manuscript, Mr. Santangelo embarked on an unofficial return trip to Ionia to, in his words, ask further questions of the fox-like woman, purely for the purposes of a second edition. (laughs) Several weeks later, we received a letter from Mr. Santangelo reading as follows. I've experienced the grand misfortune of being kidnapped.
2: <laughs> <It's> so good, <laughs> Ryan! Hey, get there.
0: We gotta oh, read it. Okay, my captors. A surly lot who call themselves the Navori Brotherhood suspect I am a Piltovian spy. Naturally, being a man of the world with varied intellect, athletic and romantic skills, such as edited for brevity, (laughs) I was insulted at the accusation. Still, I convinced them to hold me for ransom rather than execute me outright, smart man. If you could then send some precious minerals uh, or food or weapons in an amount befitting my abstract worth (laughs) to you as a writer, it would be most appreciated. It is, of course, your choice as to how much to spend on my return, but I imagine you will have to bankrupt the publishing house and all of its investors at a minimum. (laughs) Still, the price will obviously be well worth it. Uh, That's the end of the quote. So (laughs) you already know this is leading because Piltover is very capitalist.
1: (laughs) And we, uh, we've mentioned before, we're in late stage capitalism. So we have a great idea of where this is going.
0: So upon receiving this ransom note, we subsequently sent Mr. Santangelo the projected profits of his new book a handful of pocket change, and a spoiled sweet cake. We have not heard back from him since. (laughs) This man got lucky on a monthly adventure to gather some unknown knowledge and went back because his thang was hard and ended up getting kidnapped and for all we know died. I
1: I just I love it so much because it's like like it's already like campy and it just brings in all the joy of like following these like you know the these uh, 19th century adventurers. Yeah. Uh and all like so any cartoons or movies that I watched as a kid it has that campiness to it which is great. Yeah. And then this ending is just like a straight up Monty <laughs> Python skit. Yeah. Like it's straight up Monty Python skin. I'm like, no, I'm looking for Pastaya. Yeah. Oh, so you're 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 gonna go write your another book? Well, yeah, my other book is a uh, blockbuster success. You <laughs> haven't sold the book yet, but it's a blockbuster success, so I must prepare for a sequel. So where are you going this time? Well, I'm I'm, I'm going I'm going back. To the- <laughs> what? We already did that. Uh, There may be more (laughs) Vestaya. She was very female. She was very, very. And then, then, oh, I got kidnapped. You're going to have to take out all of our savings. (laughs) I'm your most successful author. You haven't sold a book yet. I'm your most successful author, (laughs) so you must take out all the savings. Here's a spoiled sweet tart.
0: This is (laughs) so good. It is a fantastic, almost I guess, damn near perfect way to end this because we just had the grandstand of him talking about how he's the guy to travel the world and do what no one else is capable of doing, and it like the also the result of his book not selling and essentially being you know in the fifty cent bin in the back of a hobby shop that no one's going to pick up. Um, That's something I did (laughs) not expect. This is this is like this is the punchline to a very long joke. (laughs)
1: yes yes it's like like it's like oh you just thought that it was campy but like you know that we're following the tale of a renowned explorer yeah no no he's just some he's just some guy (laughs) he's just some guy that bankrupted himself to write this book (laughs) and now we haven't heard from him again because he was looking (laughs) <laughs> Cause he was a, went off to look for some strange. Like I, what a legend!
0: I can't wait to hear. We need more. We need more of him and his stories. I the only and legends. Like,
1: like I like the you know it's just wrong to give something like an ending a ten out of ten. Yeah. So the reason the reason this is not a nine point nine out of ten instead of a ten out of ten is because we don't have. Any tale of him doing the peace dance for the Navori. Yeah. And, and like, that's all that's missing. It's just, you know, Edward twerking for his kid.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we hope, listen, this is one of the most fun episodes we've had to do. Um, We hope you had a good laugh along with us because this story is ridiculous and read it. Go read it yourself. It's still great fun. Uh, Read it to your kids. This should be be a part of the educational system. Um, Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon with the next episode.
1: Take care, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) You sound great.